As Kieran said before, it was um, a farewell for me last night. I'd just like to um, take the opportunity to particularly thank um, Ellen, um, Tommy and um, um, Marinda Byers as well and others who just um, were great behind the scenes um, managing food and various things. So could we just um, say thank you to them? Um, beginning a new series that you will um, continue on up until Easter um, this year on meeting Jesus and I get the privilege of starting that um, today and um, we've got the opportunity to look at the passage that we've heard that was quite a long passage from Mark chapter 1 and I encourage you particularly for the first part of this um, sermon to keep that open. Um, my women's group um, were looking at um, Mark over the last six months or so, just half a, pass, half a chapter at a time. One of the things that we really noted as we read this passage, probably about six months ago now, was just how fast moving it is. And that's the, true of Mark's gospel in general as well. But there's lots happening in this passage. So I wanted to um, encourage us to have a look at that which is happening in this passage um, and for us to, um, I'm just checking, that's not working again, Kieran, could you have a look for me? To, um, so in Mark chapter 1, um, we, um, we have lots happening and the baptism of Jesus is the first thing that we have um, in this passage um, with a voice coming from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Then we have the Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness. Um, leading him into the wilderness and there he was tempted for 40 days. We then have Jesus proclaiming the good news of God, saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. We then have Jesus calling the disciples, the first disciples calling them and saying, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And then we have them following Jesus as well. We have him um, um, with a man with an unclean spirit and we see that Jesus has authority over demons. Then we see him um, healing people we see him going out to a solitary place. And then we see him going to a different place to proclaim the message, the good news of the kingdom. And then once again, we see him cleansing and healing. So I just wanted to draw our attention to all the many different things that are happening in this passage. And one of the things for me, as I was looking at it, is that it reminded me of a song that many of you will be familiar with called Behold the Lamb of God. First verse of that song is he walked on earth showing glimpses of heaven. How many glimpses of heaven do we see in this passage? He walked on earth showing glimpses of heaven. Demons, death, disease had no hand. The wind and the waves were obedient before him. Well may they say, 
Who is this man? So I'm wanting now to actually for us to look at who is this man? Who is Jesus that we are reading about in this passage? So who is Jesus? The first thing I want us to note is that he's the son of God. We see, um, particularly at his baptism, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus is the son of God. He also proclaims the good news of God. He proclaims the whole redemption story. In this passage, we see a glimpse of that and then further through the Gospel of Mark, we see that um, expounded on more. But he doesn't just proclaim the word of God. He himself is the one whose presence means that the kingdom of God is near. When he speaks about the kingdom of God being near, it's because he is here that the kingdom is near. It's his very actions and his presence that bring in the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is his rule and reign in the world. So he proclaims by his words and his actions his rule and reign in the world. And he also calls people to align themselves with this kingdom. He calls them to repent, to turn around and align himself, align themselves with what he's on about and his rule and reign in the world. He's also one with authority. Jesus that we read about in this gospel, in this chapter, has authority. He has authority to teach has authority over demons, has authority to heal, and he has authority to call people to follow him. So that's who Jesus is. But we also see his pattern of life in this passage. One of the first things we see in the passage about his pattern of life is actually that he lives out of his identity. One of the things I love about this passage, and particularly reading it all together, is that at his baptism, his identity is really clear. And that's at the start of this passage, and then he, and actually at the start of his ministry. So he ministers out of that identity as being the Son of God. We also see that he's led by the Spirit. He's led by, in this passage particularly, we read that he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So God is completely in control, but the Spirit of God leads us into all sorts of places. So Jesus, um, one of the things about Jesus' pattern of life is that he's led by the Spirit. He also prioritises time in prayer. As Kieran said, um, we're entering, as St Philip's, entering a time where um, prayer is always important, but where um, we're urging the congregation to really prioritise prayer over this next period of time. And that's what we see Jesus doing. Part of his pattern of life Part of what we see in this passage 
is him prioritising time in prayer. And Jesus also prioritises studying the scriptures and worshipping with the people of God. We see him in the synagogue. We see him learning and teaching, worshipping alongside God's people. It's a key part of his pattern of life. He also calls people to be on mission with him. He could do lots of things by himself, but he doesn't choose to just do it himself. He chooses to ask others, to call others, to join with him on mission. Jesus also knows his purpose. One of the things in this passage that I really love is that when he, thinks, when he talks about going to another place, not just where he's been, but to another place, he says, I need to go and proclaim the good news of the kingdom there also because that is why I have come. So Jesus knows his purpose. He also taught and lived out the good news of the kingdom wherever he was. We see in this passage and others that he actually lives out the the words and the ways of the kingdom in the places wherever he is. When people come to him with whoever is in front of him, he lives out um, the kingdom of God. But he also intentionally went to new places and people to teach and live out the good news of the kingdom. So in this passage, we see him deliberately going to a new place to preach, to proclaim um, the kingdom of God in word and action. So what we see in this passage, for those who are familiar with this language, we see um, a three-dimensional life really clearly in um, this passage as Jesus' pattern of life. A pattern of life that includes connection up with God, in with other disciples, um, and out on mission in the world. The third question I want to ask is what is Jesus' call to those around him in this passage? And it's to repent and believe the good news. So repent means to turn around, a 180-degree turnaround from how they've been living and thinking, to turn 180 degrees and to live in line with the truth and the good news of the kingdom. And the second thing that's Jesus' call to those around around him in this passage is to follow him. Simple words to follow him, but I reckon it's one of those simple but hard things. Jesus calls them and us to follow him. So as we think about meeting Jesus, as we particularly think about meeting Jesus in this passage, I'm wanting us to think about three things. Recognising Um, remembering his rhythm and repenting and responding. So recognising, remembering his rhythm 
and repenting and responding. So recognising. I think this to, to encourage us to recognise who Jesus is. In this passage, the three things I've particularly spoken about are that he's the son of God, that he's the one who proclaims and in himself brings in the kingdom of God, that's the rule and reign of God, and that he has authority over sickness, over demons, authority to teach, and authority to call people, and authority over each of us. Wanting to encourage us to recognise the truth of what he proclaims. He's proclaiming the kingdom of God in word and action, and wanting to encourage us to recognise the truth of that. It's also important for us to recognise who we are. Just like Jesus knew his identity as the Son of God and he lived and ministered out of that place, wanting us to recognise those of us who are followers of Jesus, for us to recognise our identity as children of God and to live out of that place. We can be secure in that. It's God's gift to us that we don't need to earn. And in fact, we can't earn it. And just like Jesus, actually living out of that identity and ministering out of that identity is so important for us both to recognise and live into. Also wanting to encourage us to recognise that he changes us. So you might note, and I certainly noted in the passage that we're looking at, that Jesus says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's not come and follow me and muster up what you need to become fishers of men. It's I will make you fishers of men. We certainly have a part in choosing to follow, choosing to align ourselves with him, but he changes us. And that's incredibly good news and really important for us to recognise and remember. I'm also wanting to encourage us to remember Jesus' rhythm, his three-dimensional life, a life that prioritises up connecting with God, both individually and corporately, as Kieran talked about before, in with other disciples, actually prioritising his connection with those who he was on the road with and prioritising a focus out into the world that others might come to know the good news of the kingdom. And thirdly, I'm wanting to encourage us to repent and respond, to align ourselves with God's kingdom, in our beliefs and in our actions, to continually turn around 180 degrees 
in the ways where we're not aligning ourselves with God's kingdom. And as we repent and respond to follow Jesus, to hear him, to leave the things we need to leave behind and to go where he leads. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks for coming into our world, for coming into our midst. Thanks for, um, in your presence, bringing in the rule and reign of the kingdom of God. Thanks for um, showing us the way. Thanks for dying and for rising again and for calling us to follow you. Thanks for your pattern of life. Help us to remember that rhythm, to live in a way that prioritises connecting up with you, in with one another and out to the world. Help us to live from a place of knowing our identity, from knowing that we are your children, from knowing that we can't do anything to earn that. Help us to live and to minister from that place. And help us to repent and respond. Um, Change us that we might um, turn around and align ourselves with your kingdom and empower us to follow you, to hear you, to leave behind the things that would hinder us and to go where you lead. Amen.